Hi, it's Sultan from Let's Talk About CX. It's time for a new episode, and it's time with Rosaria Cirillo. She's an author, TEDx speaker, CX advisor, certified happiness trainer, and much more. And while I always try to keep the interviews around the 20 minutes mark, it was almost impossible to do that with Rosaria, as the interviews was full of great knowledge. So, exceptionally, I have split the interview in two parts. Here is the first part. The second part will be published in two weeks. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Let's Talk About CX, a show that will help you improve your customer experience and provide you ideas on how to amaze and delight your customers. We feature experts and authors from around the world who share their view and give you tips and tricks for great CX. And now, here's your host, Sultan Samlali. So hi, uh, my name is Sultan Samali. I have a real passion for customer experience. When it started, I'm not entirely sure. It might be because I grew up in Brussels where my parents had shops. I helped them on an almost daily basis and saw firsthand how providing great customer experience leads to more business and more loyalty. Customer experience can be small things like bringing grocery to an older lady uh, who lives a couple of blocks away or making sure that you have the right products for your customers at a good time because you know them. Uh, I'm doing this podcast in my spare time. Uh, in my day job, I work as sales development director for Oracle CX. And our team is dedicated to help organizations with the technology that provide real-time customer experience on advertising, marketing, sales, commerce, and customer service. And today, I'm super thrilled to welcome Rosaria Cirilla. I wanted to speak to her already for a long time. And uh, you'll understand why in a minute. Um, Rosario is a TEDx speaker, CX advisor, certified happiness trainer, uh, certified experience professional, and a former CXPA authorized resource trainer. After 12 plus years in various roles across sales, customer service, business improvement, e-commerce, and customer experience for leading companies like Forrester, Stream, Adobe, and Philips, in 2013, she founded Wow Now to inspire and help companies to choose, design, and deliver wildlife enriching experiences that contribute to everyone's happiness. Rosaria is the author of Yellow Factor, Happiness in Business, Yellow Goldfish, which I have here, My Circle of Connections, and Words of Wisdoms Nurturing Our World. Uh, originally Italian, she lives in the Netherlands with her husband and her two boys. Ciao, Rosaria. Welcome Ciao, for joining Sultan. me. Thank you for having me. Thank you for hosting this podcast. Super excited to be here. And uh, yeah, really always thrilled to have this podcast going on. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good to have you here. Um, so, Rosaria, you are everything is yellow with you. I love it. Uh, <laughs> so, just watching you and seeing this beautiful painting makes me happy. Um, so the show is called Let's Talk About CX. Um, and I really wanted to jump straight into it with you. So so what is customer experience for you, Rosario? So for me, customer experience, it's like, it's yeah the basic, very basic definition, which is it's about the customer perception, the perception that customers have of all the interaction with or about companies. Uh, and for me, the key word, it's really on the perception. So it's too often we think it's just about what we deliver. 
but it's really all about the perception and how customers perceive that uh, the experience. And and on the other side, because of that, it's also for me has become CX has become really about what I call H CX. It's not just about we often think of the customer in a transactional way, but it's really about the human. In your introduction, you mentioned also how you grew up in the shop and how, like, for you, customer experience was just about bringing the um, the shop to an old lady. That is a human being, you know. It's not just a customer. And how you bring that um, uh, that shop to her, it really can make massive difference to her day and by reflection to your day. And that's really where I really started to think more of H6 which stands for human-centered um, experience and happiness-contributing experience. Because ultimately, we all want to be happy. And the experiences that we have on a daily life, whether as a customer, as employees, or in just an interaction, like also in our interaction right now, mm-hmm. they are what ultimately contributes to our happiness. Yeah. Yeah, so... When you work with companies, you work with them to try to find ways to drive that happiness then for their employees and their customers? Yeah, that's that's really the the idea. And I have to say what I've noticed is now like more than seven years that I started as a freelance consultant. At the very beginning, it was still very much about um, turning companies from product-centric to customer-centric. Uh, you know, I, I actually wrote, so you, you mentioned also that customer experience was always in your in your blood. So it was for me as well. And mm-hmm. also like from my mom being an insurer and doing all sorts of nice things for her customers. But also in my studies, I studied business economics and I did my master thesis in 2002 on customer experience. Oh, wow. Actually calling it customer experience in 2002. Um, at that time, I was actually doing an internship at Forrester Research. That's what brought me to the Netherlands. And it was the first year that Bruce Temkin had uh, written the, um, uh, a report called Focus on CX, not mm-hmm. CRM. Yeah. Uh, so at that time, it was all about customer relationship management. And when I wrote that thesis, it was actually even considered experimental because it was like, Ooh, what's, what's this experience um, thing, you know? So... Uh, and so for me, it's been already like well known since 2002. And that's what I I worked on first in the positions in the companies um, you know, I worked for, like Stream, now Converges, Adobe and, and, um, and Philips. But when I became consultant, I really want to help companies accelerate that journey. And then I discovered in so many cases, companies were still at, yeah, they even had to adopt customer experience. So it really became about helping them become from product-centric, customer-centric, and so drive what we call customer-driven growth. But really, like in the past few years, I've already gone to the next level, which is for me, it's all about happiness. It's because it's not just about the customer. Um, It's really about creating more happiness for all of us. Okay. And and how... uh, Yeah, so so the, the, the big question is, how can you create happiness? but maybe who should be responsible for the happiness? <laughs> so, great question. It's, so, how do you create happiness? It's like what I've really learned over the past few years is that happiness is a choice. It's a choice, but it's also like a muscle that we can, uh, we can practice and we can, we can strengthen. And actually, also from a neuroscientific point of view, uh, it's all about like, um, 
our brain is continuously shaping. So we can talk about neuroplasticity, where it's like our brain, it's in continuous shape. So we have received a sort of programming in, in the way that we have grown up. Mm-hmm. And in a way, we keep behaving on the basis of that. So for me, like I come from a place where life was also seen a lot as sacrifice. You know, you need to work and work and work and work is your life. And you are lucky if you can get satisfaction from your work. But mostly it's about sacrificing and getting through. Uh, and definitely in the south of Italy, when it comes to the way that you lived and the organization and going to even to the public administration, like total, total nightmare. So this idea of having a proper experience, you know, like like in the Netherlands, I can just go on a website, click and it's done. That's simplicity. <laughs> it just did not exist. And I always rebelled to that. I was like, how can this be possible? Why, why are we just accepting this? You know, why? We, like, I mean, my strongest belief is that we build the world we live in. So mm-hmm. why don't we build the most extraordinary world that we can for us by creating the most remarkable, meaningful and happiness contributing experiences? And in that case, it's a choice and we, each of us is responsible for it. But I believe it's what uh, we have forgotten that we have a choice and we have the power and each of us is responsible. Uh, so it really starts with us and we need to feel responsible and accountable for everything that we do. Again, one example from my life in Italy uh, is that unfortunately there was always this idea that that's the state and I'm in the individual. Oh, the state has a great new grant. How can I make advantage of it? I'm like, why? Do you need it? It's, you know, oh, oh I have this garbage. I'm just going to throw it on the street and somebody will clean it up. I'm like, yeah, why? You know, the street is from you. It, mm. It's you cannot just expect somebody else to clean up literally your, you know, your, your word. <laughs> Use some uh, nice words. Yes. And so it's for the experience. It's yeah. like we are responsible. So the experience, and that's where for me in that definition also perception and interaction are mm-hmm. so key because that experience is an interaction. Um, every single time we, we connect, we interact we both have a choice and we are both are responsible for that interaction. It's like, if I smile, if I bring up the energy level and if I bring up the delivery of whatever is the service or product I'm delivering, I do my part. Yeah. But the way that you receive it, that's your part as well. If you appreciate what I'm doing good and also give me feedback about something that I could improve, that also allows me to then provide the next interaction in a better way. And then it becomes a continuous exchange, which brings us both to a higher level while also um, creating enthusiasm and uh, energy, positivity and gratitude. Um, Because sometimes sometimes we we, we throw so many things in the world, but unless we have the proper feedback, we don't know what works, what doesn't and what is resonating or not. So both persons or parts of the interaction are always responsible for that experience. Okay, so so as a as a company, I can understand that you try to to do your best. Um, so so how do you? I hate that word. Educate your customers, or how do you make sure that customers also play the game with you? I think it's. Because they are, if I understand correctly, they have also responsibility in how they how they go along with you in that part. Yeah, and I think it's uh, so it's it's like when you mention those words, the first example that comes to mind is actually Crisp. 
I don't know. I guess I hope we can mention names of companies. Absolutely, right? absolutely yeah, yeah. Crisp is a company I started to know now with the pandemic because I started to do everything online last year. At some point, I started using Crisp. Yeah. But Crisp, for me, it, it's like really the, uh, yes, becoming the vision, the emblematic of a great, great customer experience. Uh, and they don't need to even educate me. It's like the exchange is so wonderful simply and simple. Like just via WhatsApp, I get all sorts of notifications via WhatsApp. Most recently, I even got notification when a product which I used to order, like kombucha, the yeah. brand the brand that I used to order is no longer on stock. So they practically send me a message, very personal, on WhatsApp, mm-hmm. saying this brand will not be available anymore, we inform you, and those are the alternatives. And then I replied back. So And that started really a conversation. So I replied back. Awesome. I was like, oh, no. That's really my favorite brand. Why did you stop? And then they replied back, like, well, because they changed the way that they make the production. So mm-hmm. we don't think it's of higher quality enough based on our standards. Yeah. So we decided to stop. But based, I, we, I spoke with the team, and the team recommends that this other brand is the most similar in flavor to what you're used to among all the different brands. And I, in that type of thing, and it's like makes me want to give them feedback all the time. Yeah, they did not have to educate me; they just engaged me, yeah. and they proved so much how personal and how can they stay in the conversation with me that it actually works. And by the way, when I did then still order that old brand from a different provider, which still had it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't testing anymore as it used to taste. So <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, you know, they were right. It's like, they were right. So I don't even like the brand anymore. And But that is creating, so day after day is creating such a trust because now mm-hmm. I know that I not only can rely them on the delivery, on the selection, on this, on that, but I can actually also rely on them to make the right choices in the supplier, which still fit the value proposition. I mean, that's... That's brilliant. And brilliant, you know, yeah. amazing. Uh, and then when they set that standard, I hope that all the other customers that, that maybe work for other companies, they see what's possible and that become for them also inspiration to do more and different in their own companies, just like we have seen, you know, Amazon or Google or the yeah. iPhone in the past are the one that really changed. They, they raised the bar. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, you, you have to follow and you have to adapt. No, that's great. And uh, so Crisp is this uh, grocery. I've seen the ads on it. So it's a grocery service that delivers fresh products from the region. I think that's the one. Huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So and I, I, I never use them. So we, we use another one here, uh, Picnic. It's also yeah. another Dutch. Um, and they're, use... also, they're also similar in, in a sense in the way they, they communicate with you. Or if something goes wrong, they are very... Uh, responsive and they give you something in exchange and they or you order something they don't have it they always give something uh, else and they say well we don't have it but here's something you could try and it's free of charge so i I think yeah i I like your example because it shows that they opened the door to you to uh, so they actually told you something the door was open for you to reply and then they engage with you in the conversation that's great yeah, so, and, yeah. and what I notice is also like so all the feedback and by the way I use Picnic as well and funny yeah. enough I use Picnic thanks to Jessica which is our common uh, <laughs> yeah. connection because she mentioned it during the Oracle uh, networking yeah. dinner joint yeah. and then I signed up 
And luckily, I got in in the waiting list just before the pandemic. So I started ordering <laughs> them in February. But, but that for me is also super interesting because then it's like, so I started using Picnic. Then I got to know Crisp, like somewhere mm-hmm. in August. Yeah. But basically, for the past year now, all my shopping, which before was 99% Deca marked, which is the uh, and, and Albertine, which are close mm-hmm. to me, has now become online, Picnic, and Crisp. Oh, and wow. I recommend them to everyone. Uh, because I really, I really, really love them. Uh, mm. And um, so and the two of them, and what I also really love, and I notice a bit more with Crisp than with Picnic, is that on the back end, they have enabled people to mm. provide that feedback. So whenever I give them a feedback, then they go and provide it to the right department. They go check and they come back to me with an answer from the right department, which is like what we would call closed loop in, uh, yeah. in the Jergo, yeah. which is like so often don't see, you know, yeah. and um, yeah, so that is really remarkable, and in, it it feels it's a connection, you know, it, it's a connection that it was not there before, and uh, uh, and in a way it's made it personal, even though it's just via WhatsApp, yeah. so I don't ever see those people in the face, but it's yeah. also personal yeah. that then it works. That's, yeah, that's brilliant. So you talked about closed loop and a number of other concepts. Is there, um, in your engagement you have with, with brands and organization, is there a concept in CX that people get wrong, that they don't understand well, or they, they don't see it the proper way? I think close the loop is absolutely one of them. It's like, it's a concept that I still see, don't get. Um, so that is definitely one, especially when it comes to really closing the communication. Mm-hmm. Some companies are getting there externally in the communications of getting back to the customer, but what I too often still don't see is internally. So also in the master classes I give too often, people say, oh, yeah, we never hear back. We escalate this, but we never hear back. So that's really like the communication has to be internally and externally and has to be short term and has to be long term. So it may be the change is not possible today, but if it's possible in six months, you can also get back to me six months later. We used to do this at, at Philips. Yeah. From our Net Promoter Score survey, we had the possibility to say the, um, uh, the drivers, why people were dissatisfied. And for example, we, had, we were missing certain payment terms. But the mm. moment that we would have that payment terms, we would make sure that we would reach out to the people who had given us that feedback to say, we now have that payment term. And by the way, here is the link if you want to go to the shop and shop. So that's definitely one. And the other very big, 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 big one, it's emotions. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, like the, I think the biggest misconception there, uh, which I've been also like myself in the past uh, a victim of, uh, is that emotions don't belong to business. Mm-hmm. So both as, and I had it have to say even more as employee. So as employee, I thought, oh, I go to work now. That's it. You know, I had very um, big situation in my life. When I became mother, I also lost my father at the same time. Oh, but I was up there. It's uh, the maternity leave is up. I go back to work as if nothing is. And it, and it just does not work. I mean, and that's where the human-centered experience. We are human beings. Mm-hmm. So we cannot ignore emotions. They are part of us. We bring emotion from home to the workplace. We have emotions in the workplace and our customers have emotions. So that's the, the big one. And there as well, 
the one thing also that I see is that when companies then start to get, oh, we have emotions or also us as individual, the next misconception there is that we say, oh, we have positive emotion and we have negative emotion. And that is the one thing that I always say in all my classes, if you remember one thing is stop doing that. Because it's like there are no positive or negative emotion. If being human means accepting that all the emotions are just what they are and they have a purpose, which is to get us in motion. So I like to say always to think of emotion like emotions that we feel when our needs are met. Mm-hmm. And then most often they are pleasant, regenerating emotion like happiness and love. So they're just two big categories. And emotions that we feel when our needs are not met. Therefore, fear, sadness, or anger, mm-hmm. which I also call as an uh, escalated emotion from fear and from sadness, especially in contact center environment. Yeah. And what I see is that reframing that really also helps people to really connect then with customers and also position themselves in a completely different way during contact center interaction in in customer service type of environment, but also just with the colleagues. So thank you for listening to the first part of the interview with Rosaria Cirillo. The second part will be published in two weeks. See you then.